You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. talked myself into taking the Jets, but they got dominated 19-3 by the Jags on Thursday Night Football, and now it's the Pick'em Show. Good Friday morning. Since all the games got moved to Saturday because of Christmas on Sunday. Well, not all the games, but you know what I mean. We got to do this on Friday because otherwise we're not going to be able to do it tomorrow morning. So it's the Pick'em Show, the Friday edition. Good morning. Good morning. I'm all stuffy from having to deal with the neighbor's cats. Did you take your allergy meds? Yes, I did take my allergy meds. So I'll be okay, but I just took it, so... I'm going to be a little sniffly until then. I should have preemptively taken it when I woke up, but oh well. Those cats are so cute. I want to snuggle them. They are. I did snuggle them, and that's why my allergies are fucked up. Your face is a little red. Babe, you got to talk louder. Your face is a little red. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, now that's a little bit too much, but just like talk like a normal person. I am talking like a normal person. Yeah, and I can see it here. Otherwise, you're just, hi, I'm over here in the background. Whisper, whisper, whisper. Should we move on now? Yes, we should move on. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, there's a lot of games on deck for Saturday. Um, But first, we get into the nitty gritty that is the Thursday game. After review, the results of the play is first and 15. Oh, so what a weird Thursday game that was. Um... I was telling you before the game that I assumed the Jets were going to be underdogs because of what's been going on over the last month. And so when I went in to pick the game, I saw that the Jags were the underdogs. And my instinct said, Jags as underdogs is really nice here. You know, good value. Um, They've been playing better football lately. And looking at a comparable game, the Jets had just lost to the Lions the week before in a close game where they mostly held the Lions uh, offense in check, which they did here again with the Jags for the most part. Um, But then I, I proceeded to convince myself that taking the Jets was the right pick because I thought most people were going to take the Jaguars. So I was trying to steal a game early rather than just picking the Jags as underdogs and using that to guide my decision. And it wound up being a completely one-sided game for the most part. It was close in the beginning. You know, the game started with a sack fumble of Trevor Lawrence and the Jets get a field goal out of it. But Zach Wilson's terrible. And it's not just him either. Like, they couldn't run the ball at all. And it happened in the Detroit game too, where Detroit just didn't fear Zach Wilson at all. 
and so they commit to shutting down the run and I think they I think Detroit held them to like 50 yards and then Wilson ended up throwing for like 300 and a couple of touchdowns and the game was close but here um I think the Jags defense is a little bit better than Detroit's even though their offense isn't quite as good but the defense was good enough. They completely stuffed the run, discouraged the run. I think at halftime, New York had run the ball like five times. So they weren't even trying. And whatever they were sending in there was just not worth it. And the entire dialogue surrounding the game wasn't even about like the Jags. And a little bit of it was about like Trevor Lawrence playing well and playing better. But the majority of it was, Zach Wilson sucks. Why is he in the game? Um, and, you know, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet basically had to, like, steer away from that at one point because it was so obvious as the fans just continued to boo and boo and boo. And when they bought, when they brought in uh, Streveler later in the game and bench Zach Wilson, they cut to a girl in the stands and what she does is, you don't actually hear it, but she mouths, fuck you, Zach. So it's like the, the Jets fans hate Zach Wilson. And I see why. So what I'm curious about is why Robert Sala, with his team at 7-7 seven and seven stuck in a dogfight for that final playoff spot, is going to back a guy who the city hates for the most part, um, who doesn't perform on the field, who wouldn't be starting if Mike White was healthy, and then is not interested in really taking him out of the game when he's underperforming. And, <clears throat> excuse me, to Zach Wilson's credit, I will say that in listening to him speak after the game, he did take responsibility. And he said it was frustrating watching somebody else come in and move the offense and that he has to get better and that he has to find a way to improve because that's something that really he was unwilling to acknowledge at earlier points in the season. And it wasn't just him either, like, but the defense, you hold a team like Jacksonville to under 20 points and you score three and it's on the very first time you touch the ball off of good field position and you don't do anything else. And then they decide to go for it rather than kick a field goal later in the game, which would have at least cut into the lead. Uh, and they're going for that with their fourth string quarterback. Not exactly good strategic football from Salah's team. Uh, at seven and eight, the Jets are basically done in terms of the playoffs because they now swap with Jacksonville, who leapfrogs them. <clears throat> and that last wild card spot is going to be uh, hard to fight for. But the Jets, yeah, they're basically done because of that. And I think that's the, the frustrating part for Jets fans and for just general football fans who are watching that game because you have so much riding on the line, yet you, Zach Wilson's not performing on the field and you're really unwilling to take him out of the game at any point. And they should have just started the second half with another quarterback, but I think they trotted him out there for like one or two more series before Streveler came in. <sighs> so if you're a Jets fan, you got to be frustrated. The defense played really well. And during the broadcast, they even tried to make it seem like it was the defense's fault at one point. They're like trying to distract from the Zach Wilson thing because he was the no number two overall pick. And Maybe that's why the front office for the Jets is more inclined to give him uh, a little bit more rope. But, I, you know, they said that on the, the broadcast, but give him enough rope and he's just going to hang himself with it. So, I don't know. They steered away 
from that conversation briefly to blame the Jets' defense. And it's like, look, the Jags have a very good offense. I think they're sixth overall. Um, but regardless, good offense. Trevor Lawrence is playing the best football of his career. They run the ball really well. Um, they run a lot of interesting schemes. Um, so it, even though the Jets' defense like gave up 19 points, like 19 points in the NFL is low. I think the team that is in first has like I think the Niners are giving up like 15 something a game, and then second place is like 18. So to give up 19 points, like that's really good, actually, especially against the top offense in the league. And you saw they held the uh, Lions last week to 20. And it's not the defense that let them down. It was Zach Wilson, 100%, could not move the ball. He, he made horrible decisions downfield. He couldn't complete easy passes uh, right in front of him. They designed bad plays for him. And they couldn't run the ball. And without the run game, the Jets' offense is just one-dimensional. And when you're one-dimensional and Zach Wilson's the guy that's going to be in charge of that one dimension, you're going to be in trouble. So it looks like the Jets are done. Even if they run the table and get to 9-8, and eight, I don't think that's good enough anymore. So uh, I know some guys that are Jets fans that were like really hoping that Zach Wilson was going to take that leap this year, and he just didn't do it. And I don't know what the future holds for him, but if Robert Sala is insistent on him being the starter, like he wouldn't even rule him out for next week as the starter. You got Joe Flacco on the bench. You got Straveler who came in and moved the offense. You know, Mike White's going to be coming back, but his inability to <clears throat> move off of a bad hand basically is going to cost him. It might cost him his job because if you're the Jets front office, and you're not into Zach Wilson, and it's not your decision coming down, and you see your coach is just throwing this kid out there who's not good enough, then Salah might not have his job next year. He probably will because the Jets still improve from last season, but at some point, somebody's got to take responsibility for this. And, you know, it starts with the guy who's making the personnel decision. So if that's the coach, watch out. Okay. Are we ready to get into the rest of this? Yep. Two minutes to win it. Okay. What do we got on deck starting Saturday? Bills at Bears. Oh, Bills Bears. Two minutes on the clock, right? Yes. Okay. So you would assume that this is a game that the Bills should win. They're favored by eight. But then I look at what happened to Philadelphia against the Bears in Chicago. And now the weather is going to be even worse. It's supposed to be 10 degrees, it says. And, you know, Justin Fields is still out there. I know the the Bears have lost however many games in a row at this point. Um, and the Bills have won their last five. So the Bills should win this game. You know, the Bills defense only gives up 17.8.9 a game. They score a touchdown more. So they score a touchdown more and give up a touchdown less. So setting the spread at 8 makes sense. But also, the the weather in this game is going to be horrible. I don't know if it's going to snow, but, it's, but it looks like snow. And it's going to be freezing cold regardless. And the Bills can play in the cold, but it's just going to be such a weird game especially like in heavy snow because the bears having justin fields it maybe nerfs him a little bit but it helps montgomery play some power football looks like equinemius is out uh kindle vildor from middle earth will be out at cornerback 
backup tight end is out. Looks like Tevin Jenkins is doubtful. Claypool is doubtful. <clears throat> the Bills will be without Boogie Basham at DN. Mitch Morris is out. So they're going to have to shuffle that offensive line again. I do think the Bills win this game uh, as long as they play smart football. They still have Allen, so they can still play power run game like they did at the end of the Miami game in the snow. So I would have to say Bills win. Uh, we'll take the under because of that weather, but you know maybe it wasn't the biggest factor in the last game. So, and we saw. Let's see, Chicago and Philly combined for 45-ish. We'll, we'll say over actually, but I'll take the Bears to cover. Ooh, there's the timer. Look at that. I'll take the Bears to cover the eight. Bills win over 40 and a half. Ritz picks. The Bears. All right. What is next? All right. Oops. We have Saints at Browns. This is going to be another game in the cold, I guess. Basically, <clears throat> the whole uh, East Coast region is dealing with this brutal storm. So this is another game that's going to be 10 degrees outside. Uh, and... You know, I like the Saints because they're kind of like the underdogs. You got a backup playing quarterback. All their main stars are basically hurt. Um, but this game in Cleveland, Browns favored by three. But the over-under is set at 32, so that tells you what you uh, need to know about the weather conditions. I'm just pulling up the, the little hourly weather forecast tomorrow. So this is... 12 a.m. hourly. I don't know what day this is, though. It doesn't say what day it is. So that doesn't really help. Uh, this is Friday to Friday. Let's go. Whoops. I was going to say it's Saturday. probably today's weather. It is today's weather. Snow and ice outlook looks good. Uh, I don't know. So anyway, it's going to be cold. There's a good chance there's going to be snow. I think that favors the Browns with Nick Chubb and just the style of defense they play and the style of football they play. I mean, cold December, snow, outdoor football, December football, AFC North football. It's going to make it really hard for the Saints. Plus, uh, Chris Olave is not playing. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I think, went to injured reserve as well. So really bad recipe for the Saints here. I'm going Cleveland to win at home, cover the three points, and uh, 32 is kind of low. We'll say we'll say over 32, but if, it, if it's a horrible snowstorm, then it'll be under, but it's so low, I'm just going to take the over for now. Ritz picks. Browns. All right, what is next on deck? It is... Texans and the Titans. Yes. What week are we in? We are week 16. I don't know why it jumped to 17 in the app for me all of a sudden. Texans at Titans. Go. Texans at the <laughs> Titans. Well, <sighs> you're looking at another game that's going to be really cold. Uh, it's going to be breezy in the morning. Mostly, uh, mostly sunny, it looks like, but still pretty cold. And... I would have to think that, worst case scenario, this game favors the Titans just in the fact that they have a better power run game than the Texans, and I think the Texans are still missing some key pieces, but they've been playing all of a sudden like much better football. 
Nico Collins is out. Kenyon Green's out. Uh, Traylon Burks for the Titans still questionable. Monty Hooker questionable. The Titans just, you know, they've lost four out of their last five. And, I mean, the Chargers are good. Jacksonville is better than advertised. Philly has the best record in the league. Cincinnati is the defending AFC champs. So it's like the last time they won, they beat Green Bay at Green Bay. Good road win. And then you look at the Texans, and they've lost however many in a row now. Uh, but you lose to Casey in overtime. That's a pretty good quality game. You lose to Dallas in regulation at the end and challenge them. That's a pretty good quality game. They got beat by Cleveland, but only by 13. It uh, wasn't like a complete domination. Uh, they Similar with Miami and with Washington. So it's like they can score a little bit. And they're probably going to scare the Texans. I think Tannehill's out now. So if Tannehill's on IR, he's done for the rest of this, the rest of the season. It's really Derrick Henry time. You got to find a way to like just run the ball. You got Malik Willis in there. You got to use him to be mobile. Now that Jacksonville's got their seventh win, if the Titans lose, they're in trouble division-wise. So this is a game they have to win. You're playing a one twelve and one team. You gotta you gotta favor the Titans here at home, but it's it's not pretty. So do they cover three? I have no idea, but I'll take them. I'll take them to win and just to cover the three, but to be determined, and we'll say over thirty-five and a half. Rids picks. She's going Titans. Okay. What is next? Seahawks at Chiefs. Chiefs favored by ten. 11-3 on the year, 5-1 at home. Seahawks 7-7, seven 4-3 seven, on the road. The Seahawks, ironically, score 25.4 points per game and give up 25.4 points per game. And both of those numbers are worse than the Chiefs in both of those departments. The Chiefs put up more yardage. They give up less yardage. Uh, the only loss for the Chiefs in the last five is to the Bengals, who they just never seem to beat. Meanwhile, Seattle is completely imploding they lose to tampa bay in that germany game uh then they lose to the raiders in overtime then they almost lose to the rams then they lose to carolina lose to san francisco and at seven and seven uh i think they're done they, they've put up a good fight and they will continue to fight and they'll give kansas city an interesting game so maybe 10 is too big of a spread but with Al Woods out at defensive tackle, uh, Ryan Neal's out at safety. It's just not a great matchup for Seattle because the one thing they do better is run the ball. But the Chiefs defense is probably best at stopping the run. Uh, they only give up 105 rushing yards a game, so they're one of the better teams uh, against the run. And if Seattle doesn't get their run game going, they don't succeed. And you've seen that. You saw it against Carolina. You saw it against San Francisco. So it's going to be it's going to be uphill sledding for the Seahawks. It'd be great if they win because then that'll help the Bills get that uh, number one. But I don't know. I don't know if the, that they have the tools to really challenge Kansas City in the way that I thought. But Kansas City secondary is not very good. I mean, they've been getting lit up lately. So I will I, I got to take the Chiefs at home in what's going to be very cold weather. Um, and we will say the Seahawks cover the 10, though, and I want it to be high scoring, so we'll say over 49 and a half. Rids picks. Chiefs, of course. Okay, what is next? Giants at Vikings. Ooh, your Vikings. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, the Giants are 8-5-1, and one, coming off a big win over Washington. The Vikings are 11-3, 7-1 at home. <clears throat> Excuse me, coming off a huge win, down from 33-0, to come back and beat the Colts. Vikings score about 25 a game. They give up about 25 a game. The problem is New York gives up a little bit more than they allow, plus the Vikings have the better offense. Vikings do have a crappy pass defense, though. They give up about 300 yards a game passing, so if there's going to be any vulnerability for them, it's going to be that. I just look at the Giants' last five games. They lose to Philly, like they get obliterated. They tie Washington. They lose to Dallas. They lose to Detroit. So that's a lot of NFC games, and they're losing most of them. And their only win is against a team that they had tied 20-20 to a couple weeks earlier, and they still only scored 20 on them. So it's like the Giants are good. They're resilient. They play uh, both sides of the ball. You know, they're going to go as far as Saquon running the ball can carry them. And as long as the Vikings, like, don't shit the bed in this game, they're the better team. Uh, and the Giants are just still, like, super injured. They have been all season. They're going to be without Adoree Jackson at corner. Xavier McKinney is out. Shane Lemieux is out at guard. Um, so still just tough sledding for the Giants, especially going into Minnesota, where the Vikings are 7-1 and one and mostly pretty healthy from, from all measures. Uh, and with the win over Washington, too, it gives them a little bit of a cushion where they'll hold the tiebreaker even if they lose and Washington wins. They'll have the head-to-head -head win, so they'll still be ahead of them. Uh, so we'll take the Vikings, and it's only four points. This is one of those games where either I take the Giants. Like, if I think the Giants are going to cover the four, I might as well just pick the Giants. But I've got to go with the Vikings here being the more well-rounded team. And we'll say probably under 48 and a half. That seems a little robust. But Vikings minus four, under 48 and a half. Rids picks. Vikings. All right, what's next? All righty. Uh, Bengals at Patriots. Bengals on the road, favored by three. <coughs> Excuse me. Minus 155. Patriots plus 130. Uh, Patriots defense is solid, but Bengals defense is pretty solid too. And they get going when the going gets tough. And that's right around this time of the season. They've won their last five in a row at least. Uh, picking up wins over Tampa, Cleveland, KC, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. New England just lost to the Raiders in like a disastrous fashion that really took away uh, their positioning wildcard-wise because now they're behind Miami, they're behind the Chargers. Uh, with the Jags winning, that also puts the pressure on them. And it's just a tough game. Uh, Sam Hubbard being out at defensive end for the Bengals is going to have an impact but Jalen Mills also out uh, for New England so they're going to be without one of their best corners in this game and three points just isn't a lot you saw what happened in the Bucks game where they were Cincinnati was down 17 to 3 at the half and then they came out and outscored the Bucks I think 31 to 6 in the second half so they absolutely dominated and they can do it in a half like because of their talent they can just jump up on you and surprise you even when you've got them uh kind of on the ropes early 
And so Devonta Parker is out as well with a concussion. Joe Cardona, long snapper, is out. And then they got a bunch of guys questionable. I just, I don't think the Patriots are good enough. Like, even if the Patriots play a great game, it's still going to be hard to beat the Bengals not playing a great game. So, I also want the Patriots to lose, so maybe that's going to guide my decision a little bit. But generally speaking, the Bengals are the defending AFC champs for a reason. You're telling me that they're going to get a small spread on the road. Um... And it's going to be cold outside, but whatever. They aren't they're from Cincinnati. They know that. Uh, so, yeah, Bengals minus three. And what was the over-under? 41 and a half. Uh, we'll say over. Rids picks. She likes the Pats. What is next? Lions at Panthers. Ooh. It's going to be interesting. Could be, yeah, it could be a good one. The Panthers I expected to win last week at home against the Steelers, but they didn't. So, I think I'm done with Carolina at this point. Um, Detroit's Detroit's a good team. Like the fact that I think they were three and seven at one point, and now they're seven and seven. That tells you a lot. They are four and one in their last five. You know, the Panthers beat Seattle, but we see Seattle's deficient in their run defense. They beat Denver, uh, but Denver really doesn't have an offense. They lost to Baltimore thirteen to three. Uh, and they beat an Atlanta team that they had almost beaten that's a division rival. So, I don't know. That's not super impressive. The Lions only lost in their last five just to the Bills, and they lost by three and almost won that game. So, you know, the Lions are solid. And the fact that they're only two-and-a-half-point favorites here on the road, it's similar to last week where I thought the Panthers at home would be a, a good, smart pick here, but... I can't pick them over Detroit, even though the the analytics predictor here says that Carolina is going to win this game. I don't see what uh, Carolina does better. Like, is their defense better? Like, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit, maybe marginally, but I mean, they give up like fifty yet less total yards. But on term in terms of uh, run defense, about the same. They both give up about one hundred and thirty a game, and I think just the Lions run a much better offense so I'll take the Lions with the low-hanging fruit at minus two and a half and we'll say probably over 43 and a half too as long as you know looks like it's not going to be too bad weather-wise uh in Carolina so we'll we'll stick with the Lions minus two and a half and take the over Rids picks she likes the Panthers at home all righty what is the next game Falcons at Ravens well, this is a game that the Ravens have to win. Uh, Lamar Jackson's still out for this game, though. So it's Tyler Huntley season. And he's he's decent. They're going up against, a, I think the rookie is still going to be in there for um, Atlanta in Desmond Ritter. So it's a game where the Raiders defense absolutely has to, excuse me, not Raiders. Ravens? Ravens, yes. <laughs> I will fix that in post-production. Uh, but Calais Campbell's out. Lamar Jackson's out. Marcus Peters is out. All that said, they probably should still beat the Falcons. Uh, but you never know in the NFL. It's so weird. Uh, the Ravens are 3-2 and two with losses to Cleveland where they only scored three points. So Atlanta's defense is not as good as Cleveland's 
Uh, they also lost to Jacksonville in a game that they should have won. But then the Falcons, they lose to New Orleans, they lose to Pittsburgh, they lose to Washington, they lose to Carolina, and all those games are fairly close. You know, I think Carolina beat them by 10, but then uh, Washington was 6, Pittsburgh 3, New Orleans 3, so they always play close games here. And so 6.5 seems a little bit scary. I will take the Ravens to win a game that they need to win. Falcons are 1-6 on the road, too, going into Baltimore, where it's going to be cold and shitty, and that's going to favor the Ravens wanting to play a little bit of power football. Uh, it's going to favor the team with the better defense, or so you would think. Spread is 6.5. I don't like that. I'll take the Falcons to cover the 6.5. And, and only because the Ravens, I don't think, are going to score that much in the game either, but we'll say Ravens win over 34 and a half and falcons cover that six and a half ritz picks she's going with the ravens what is next what is next what is next 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 i like that song babe next 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 what is next you ready yeah what is next (laughs) commanders at 49ers (laughs) uh the commies are seven six and one on the road excuse me at Overall, four two and one on the road. Niners ten and four, six and one at home. Uh, Niners favored by six and a half here. It's just I think the Taylor Heineke juice has run out. Uh, I don't know that Carson Wentz is the answer to their problems either. But the Niners have won five in a row, have looked dominant in doing so. Their defense is so damn good that. It's going to be really tough on the Commanders. And if they can't score against the Giants' defense, good luck against the 49ers' defense. Uh, it's, I mean, maybe there's going to be some injuries that are going to be an issue, but I'm going to peek at the injury report right now, and then I'll let you know. Uh, Bosa, questionable, but with the hamstring injury, didn't practice all week. Jimmy G, obviously, out. Uh, Tarvarius Moore is out. Hassan Ridgeway out. Um, and then we've got Trent Williams, Eric Armstead, Spencer Buford, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, all listed as unspecified, but all got in full practices Friday. And it looked like Debo is going to be out basically for four to six weeks. But the fact that he got a full practice on Friday is surprising. Um, or this was last week. This is so stupid. Give me the week 16 injury report, San Francisco. Let's go back Starting over, Jimmy's still out. <laughs> Kevin Givens out at defensive tackle. Debo's out because he does not have a quad injury, but his ankle knee issue. Trent Williams, full practice. Armstead, McCaffrey, full practice. Purdy, limited. Uh, you got Avery Thomas, Traverius Ward, Danny Gray, Samuel Womack, all uh, unspecified injuries, but got in practices. So. I think the Niners are healthy enough. I don't see Bosa listed on the injury report, which is the guy that you got to be most concerned with. 49ers defense uh, is so good, but Washington's defense is pretty good too. I could see this being an under game at 37 and a half for that reason, um, but I got to take the Niners to cover this, especially at home, especially after the deflating way that, that last Commanders game went. I think Heineke is going to struggle. And I don't think they're going to be able to establish the run the way they want to. So Niners by six and a half or better and um, under 37 and a half. Rids picks. Niners, what is the next game? 
Eagles at Cowboys. Eagles at the Cowboys. This is the one that everybody was waiting for, but it looks like it's going to be Minshew Mania as Jalen Hurts is reportedly not playing in this game. And it's a shame because I've been looking forward to this matchup atop the NFC East since they played the first time when Cooper Rush was quarterback. So now you get the other quarterback on the other side who isn't in the game, and it's just going to not feel like either of these teams really face the other team uh, at the the height of their identity. Jalen Hurts is out. Tyree Jackson is out at tight end, but, you know, whatever. Um, Zach Pascal, questionable, but again, it's not a big deal. It looks like there's no practice designations for Tuesday or Thursday for the Eagles, so it looks like they just rested a bunch of guys. They're 13-1, and one, so even if they lose this game, uh, they're still two games up on the Cowboys in the division. They are still at least a game and some change ahead of the Vikings at 11-3. and three. So if the Vikings get to 12-3 and three and the Eagles at 13-2, and two, they still have a game up. The Eagles don't need this game at all. So I think that's part of the reason why we're going to see Hurts uh, sitting. And then when you look at the Cowboys, uh, Leighton Vander Esch, a middle linebacker, is going to be out. And then you've got a bunch of, you know, minor injuries that I don't think is going to stop any of the key guys from playing. So you've seen the spread shift to the Cowboys minus four and a half. And I just don't know. Like the Eagles are not going to be the same team without Jalen Hurts. It's not that Minshew's bad. It's just they're going to they're gonna be a way different identity. And all of the numbers that I would look at are not going to be true numbers with a different quarterback in there. Like Minshew can still throw the ball. They can still run the ball without Hurts. But the threat of Hurts gashing them in the run game isn't going to be there. And it's a game that the Cowboys need. And like I said, it's a game that the Eagles don't need. So... I've got to probably take the Cowboys here. Um, but yeah, if it's a game where I want to take the Eagles at plus four and a half, I might as well just take the Eagles to win because the Cowboys are not uh, as good as their record, I don't think, but they're also not bad. So if they can collapse and blow a 17-point lead to the Jaguars, <laughs> then they can definitely lose this game to the Eagles I'll have to think about it again but just because of the how how valuable the game is to the Cowboys versus the Eagles I gotta go Cowboys minus four and a half here and we'll say uh under 47 and a half because division game defensive battle Rids picks Rids likes the Cowboys at home okay what is next Raiders at Steelers Ooh, you know I was initially probably gonna take the Raiders here but now I have to consider that, you know, Franco Harris, uh, Steelers legend, just died. So there is going to be a kind of energy in Pittsburgh, and the game is in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's also going to be really cold weather conditions, which I think favors the Steelers a little bit because of the kind of game that they want to play. <sighs> and the Raiders are just so janky. They should have lost to New England last week you know they got gifted a, a touchdown that just had no really high quality image of uh, Cole's foot being out of bounds like it looks like his foot's on the line but it's such a blurry image that 
I can understand the referees being like, well, if that's going to be what we use to justify this, we can't overturn it. But anyway, that allowed them to tie the game, and then the Patriots decided to just hand them the game uh, with a stupid lateral play. So they should have probably lost to New England last week. And as I'm looking at the injury report, I don't see anything that's like super scary. I know that Watt has been kind of like up and down. Um, both of these teams are six and eight, so they're playing to stay alive. Steelers are two and four at home. Raiders are two and six on the road. I don't know, is Mitch Trubisky going to show up and score 20 points? Because it's possible. Is Kenny Pickett back in the lineup? It looks like he's going to start, so I have no idea what's going to go on with those guys. Uh, Pickett maybe gives him a better chance, but he's got less experience against a pretty solid pass rush. It's going to be whoever can run the ball in these conditions and play defense. Ugh, I don't know. I think this... I, I should have picked the Steelers last week, but I was scared with Mitch in there. And now Mitch is gone and Pickett's back in and they're at home. So it's like, oh, well, they won last week. They're at home. They're playing for Franco Harris. Seems like they should win the game. Watch the Raiders steal one. Uh, but for the time being, I am going to take the Steelers because of the emotion and the defense. And I don't think I've ever seen Mike Tomlin finish below 500. So if they lose this game, they will be below 500 for the first time in his career as the Steelers coach, I think. So... I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna find a way. And oh wait, uh, under thirty-eight. Rids picks. She likes the Steelers. What is next? Packers at Dolphins. The first game on Sunday, the ten o'clock morning game on Christmas. Packers Dolphins. This is a game where you know at a glance, yeah, Dolphins easy pick, right? Three and a half point favorites at home. Uh, over under a 49 but the Packers are playing for their playoff lives as they pursue that final seed um, and I think honestly they're a tough matchup for the Dolphins they were a tough matchup for the Bills in some ways as well they have a good aggressive secondary that wants to play physical I think they'll look at what the Niners and what the Chargers did to the Dolphins and where the Bills didn't have success in slowing down their passing game and I think they could potentially actually push the Dolphins here their defense is slightly better they give up less yardage and yet less points per game uh, the offense isn't that far off they run the ball better than Miami but Miami can explode in the passing game and so they don't really run the ball uh, as effectively they use it to set up the passing game so it's going to be about pressure and discipline because if you bite on those RPO looks, Tua will punish you. <laughs> and honestly, like Tua made some really good one-on-one uh, -on -one throws against the Bills as well. Just like putting the ball up into a good spot where his receiver can make a play on the ball. And when the ball comes out of his hand, it's like he's throwing it so high. I'm like, oh, that's an interception. And then it just ends up where it needs to end up and his guy makes a play on it. So... It's going to be interesting, and I don't want to let my desire to see the Dolphins lose as AFC East rivals fuel me too much, but I do think the Packers have gotten better now that Christian Watson has become part of their offense. Uh, I mean, they lost to Philly, but they beat Chicago, they beat the Rams, they beat Dallas in that overtime game dating back through their last five, so they've, they've got some decent performances under their belt uh you know they lost to philly by 7 40 to 33 
So they scared the Eagles at the top of the food chain. And then on the other side, like the Dolphins have not beaten any of the good teams they've played in the last three weeks. And granted, the Chargers, Niners, and Bills are all much better than the Packers, but the Packers are at least getting their shit together at the end of the season. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna take a stab at it and say that I think the Packers uh, are able to win this game somehow, and I'll probably regret it, but uh, Packers plus three and a half and uh, under 49. Rids picks. Rids is taking the Dolphins. All righty. What is game number two on Christmas? Broncos at Rams. Whew. Thank God that's a game I don't want to watch. <laughs> We'll be, I mean, it'll probably be after our Christmas obligations uh, in the morning have subsided, so we'll be home chilling, most likely at that point, preparing for um, having guests over, so we'll be cleaning probably while that game's going on. Don't roll your eyes. We need to clean. <laughs> it's dirty in here. Um, Broncos, Rams. I don't like this game at all. I don't even want to pick this game. Uh, it looks like Aaron Donald's done for the season, though. Uh, Stafford, I don't think, is going to play. Skoranek's out. Brian Allen's out at center. So really, you know, it's the Broncos' game to lose. I see they're favored. Um, and they have a really good defense that is still going to be an issue. Like, if they can score, say, 17, they probably win. And that's why the over-under is set, I think, at 36.5 here. Points per game for the Broncos is 15.6, though. That's a problem. But the good news is that the Rams are only slightly better at 16.4, and the Broncos' defense is way better. So, I don't know. It just uh, is Brett Rippian or whoever is going to play going to actually be able to beat uh, a wounded Rams defense? I don't know. Let's see the injury report here for the Rams. Or uh, I don't see... Russell Wilson listed, so that, does that mean he's back? Is he playing this week? I don't know. I see nobody practiced on Friday for this game because Friday's today, so it hasn't been reported yet. And I just see a lot of unspecified, unspecified. Don't know if Russ is playing. Is Russell Wilson playing this week? Knowing Russell Wilson... And seeing his team win uh, last week without him, he's going to force himself into this equation. And here we go. It says, two days ago, Russell Wilson full go as Broncos prepare for L.A. Rams. Now I think I want to take the Rams. I was going to take Denver at two and a half, but I think the one thing probably helping Denver in this game is that Russell Wilson played for the Seahawks for a long time. and They've played the Rams. He knows the Rams defense, yes. So... And without Aaron Donald out there, he's going to be like, oh, man, this is great. I get to play this team and not have Aaron Donald <laughs> chasing me around. Uh, okay, I'll stick with Denver then at uh, minus two and a half. And with the over-under set at 36 and a half, that's, let's call it 18 points each. Uh, yeah, we'll say under 36 and a half on a boring Christmas game. Rids picks. Rids takes the Rams at home. Okay, what is the game that closes out Christmas? Bucks at Cardinals. Oh boy, so this is going to be interesting because I'm pretty sure Colt McCoy left the game with a concussion, right? So uh, if he is out and they're on whoever the hell their third string quarterback is, especially after the Kyler injury, um, 
that's a tough game. The Bucks need to win this, especially as the Panthers are now breathing down their throat. Um, I think the Panthers are either the Panthers are five and nine. I think all those teams are like five and nine right behind them. So the Bucks have to win to secure the division. It looks like still we're too early for the Friday reports, but a bunch of unspecifieds. Let's see. Mike Evans is resting. Brady is resting. Worf's ankle. Winfield ankle. Josh Wells back injury. Vita Vea calf. Donovan Smith foot. Keanu Neal toe. Nassib pectoral. So there's a bunch of lingering injuries. I see a handful of DNPs. And looks like Colt McCoy didn't practice either. So if they're on their third string quarterback, they're extra screwed. Um, Hopkins could still have a good game because he's essentially quarterback proof but uh, without knowing exactly who's out it's a little tough to say i will favor the bucks a seven and a half though on the road in arizona the bucks don't score like they average 17 points a game how are they favored by more than a touchdown here i don't know i don't believe it i don't believe seven and a half it's, it's too much I can take the Bucks to win and be happy with that on the road, but we're going to save over 40 and a half. Bucks win, but Cardinals cover seven and a half. Rids picks. Cardinals. Okay. We've made it all the way to Monday night. What is the Monday night game to close us out on December 26th? Chargers at Colts. The Chargers at the Colts. The suddenly resurgent Chargers with Mike Williams back in the fold. They've only lost to Casey and Arizona in their last five. Uh, excuse me, Kansas City and Las Vegas in their last five. Meanwhile, the Colts just find ways to lose. And after that game last week, you're up 33-0 and you lose. Like, your season <laughs> is so done. You might as well just get the body bags and... I think that's what they're doing because it looks like Nick Foles is going to be the guy who is starting for the Colts. So the Matt Ryan experiment um, is over. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's out too. So it looks like Zach Moss is going to be their number one. But as a, as a Bills fan who watched Zach Moss his whole career, if you're relying on Zach Moss to hit you up in fantasy this week and take over those Jonathan Taylor numbers, I would not put my money on that. Uh, and Nick Foles very well may give the Colts a boost that they were missing all season. I honestly think they should have just gone with him as the starter instead of Matt Ryan. Like, you didn't need to bring in two 37-year-old veteran quarterbacks, but between the two of them, am I going to go with the guy uh, who won a Super Bowl or the guy who has had the better career? And I don't know. I think I, think I probably would have just gone with Foles and just not had both of those guys in the building, but I get it. Uh, anyway, Colts are four-point underdogs at home. They do have a good defense. You saw what they did, like, in the first half to Minnesota. Like, they completely shut them down. They didn't score at all, you know? Nobody on Minnesota's doing anything in the first half. But eventually the dam broke, and once the dam broke, it, it broke bad. And there was massive flooding in Indianapolis, so... I got to go with the Chargers here. I think I think they win by four here just because the Colts are going to have issues with points. Um, over 45 and a half? I mean, they played Tennessee and the total was 31. So we'll say under 45 and a half. Chargers win it on the road. Rids picks. Rids goes Colts. And that concludes the Week 16 
Pick'em Show. Um, I'm still alive in fantasy football because I eliminated you in the first round, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want us to play each other, but, you know, if it comes down to we're playing each other in fantasy football, one of us has to win, and you've enjoyed much more success in fantasy lately than I have. So I will take what I can get <laughs> in our league and see if I can run the table here as that wild card team that snuck into the playoffs and just my team got kind of hot at the right time. I, what what sucks more for you is that you would have beaten all the other teams that played in round one too if it was just on points, which we will address in the off season because it sucks to be able to score a lot of points and uh, lose. Yeah. Which is why we created the Commissioner's Cup. And congratulations to Chris, who was the winner of the very first Commissioner's Cup for the regular season points lead. Uh, so it's like the President's Trophy in hockey for best record. But it's not best record. It's most points. Um, so, yeah. We're going into the weekend. Is there a game that you're looking at this weekend that tickles your fancy? Not really. I mean, obviously the Bills game in the morning. I am interested to see if the Vikings can keep their streak. And the Bengals have been fun to watch, so. Yeah, my guess would be that they're going to force feed us either the Bengals-Patriots game or the Chiefs-Seahawks game here in California. So if we can get the out-of-market games going in the morning with our DirecTV, we'll go with Bills-Bears, because of course... (laughs) Probably Seahawks Chiefs, unless yep. it's blacked out. Uh, Giants Vikings, Bengals Patriots of the morning games. And then if the KC game is blacked out, I will watch that on DirecTV on my iPad and we'll put on the Lions and Panthers game probably. Because Falcons Ravens like could be interesting, but like the Panthers are playing for something, the Lions are playing for something. I mean, so are the Ravens and the Falcons, but in terms of, I don't know. I just prefer watching Detroit. I've been cheering for Detroit all season. I said it at the beginning of the season, even when they were like really shitty and they were like one and seven or some crazy number like that. I just, I thought they were always better than their record. I love an underdog and they became kind of like uh, the NFC team that I cheer for this year. I mean, I still would like the Seahawks to beat the Chiefs, but... I don't know. I like Detroit's uniforms. I like the way they play football. Their defense is going to get a lot better next year. Detroit's going to be really good next year. Like, yeah, they've been fun to watch this yeah, year. Yeah, if they can just get their defense in check and not have like lost a couple of key games, their offense is so efficient. Amon Ross St. Brown's great. Uh, Jamal Williams, just like touchdown machine. Swift isn't even their starter anymore. <laughs> Uh, they got rid of Hawkinson midseason, and they've been better without him. Uh, you got Chark who he's on a one-year deal. I don't even think he stays in Detroit next year, but, you know, they've got Jameson Williams finally bouncing uh, into a starting role now as well. And it's uh, Josh Reynolds, I think, and Khalif Raymond are the other two. Like, they're solid, and they just run a really good offense. They're fun to watch. Uh, they're all white uniforms. They're sick, so. I like all the all gray Yeah, those are really nice, blue. too. I wish the Seahawks wore their all grays more often, um, but they don't. But I digress. We have reached the end of the show. Thank you for listening. I know it's a slog sometimes. And we're still under an hour though. So We're good. Yeah. I was getting I was getting done in like forty minutes. 
doing uh, the solo show, but that's because I was like much more rigid about timing everything. But it's nice to have you back. Thanks, babe. Thanks for having me back. You're alive in the pick'em pool as well. But I'm slipping now yeah. since well, I've been back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we both stupidly picked the Jets. Yeah. But again, I was Rough like, start. I was like, oh man, I thought the Jets were gonna be underdogs. Let me steal. Let me see if I can steal a game in bad weather with a good defense. And as it turns out, like the weather wasn't that bad in the first half. And then the second half, when it was bad, neither team could score, but the Jaguars were already well out in front. And then everybody else thought the Jets were going to win at home in the weather as well. So, you know, had I known that, I would have just been like, oh, yeah, even without knowing the outcome of the game, had I known that everybody was going to pick the Jets, I would have been much more inclined to take the Jaguars because I thought the Jaguars were a great underdog pick anyway. And when I previewed the game, I was like, oh, yeah, Jaguars at plus money. Yes, great bet. And then I still took the Jets. I just convinced myself. Like, <laughs> so stupid. Um, but anyway, we've got Christmas on deck. To everybody who actually celebrates Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. I don't know if Hanukkah is still going on. It is, I think so. Well, then happy Hanukkah and happy holidays. Merry Christmaka. Merry Christmaka. Happy Festivus. Whatever holidays you celebrate, even if you don't celebrate holidays, that's cool too. Just uh, I hope everyone has an enjoyable end to their 2022 and uh, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. It's not about what I want. It's about what's fair. Say it. Happy football Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. There it is. All right, everybody. Take care. Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to the 100th episode of the Shiest Podcast. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way too. This show is an extension of thescheist.com, and you can contact me at info at thescheist.com or at Shice Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills!